0: And Francesca present
1: cinema matrimony.
0: Hello, and welcome to another episode of Cinema Matrimony. And you are, by the way, we're we're being led in today by our fabulous new theme music provided by. Uh, Rob Hornbuckle, good friend of both Francesca and I, who did an excellent job and just came up with some awesome theme music on his own, contributed it to the show, and... Uh,
1: we now have at least two listeners that we know of, Ben and Rob. That's right. One inspired to write us a song, so <laughs> Ben. Get,
0: get him cracking.
1: <laughs> the gauntlet has been thrown down. That's right. I like I like our intro music because it makes us sound cool.
0: It does. <laughs> Because he, yeah. he shreds on it?
1: Because it's like us. We rip a film and we rip a film. Boom.
0: Right. <laughs> okay. Speaking of ripping, let's get to Ew. our movie that we're talking about today. 100 you were going to say you farted. No, I was going to say 127 Hours is the movie that we're going to talk about today. And um, I want to say, I guess to come into it, my first reaction is to say that it is... It is so much more sort of mainstream. It's so much more easy to watch, and I know that's weird to say because you didn't watch very much fit.
1: That's not true. No, there was
0: there definitely there was
1: like maybe the five minutes of arm cutting. You know, the point of the movie that I had to not watch. Yeah, but I that's I mean you can get. I guess I just thought
0: that this would be a lot more of a you know you just think to yourself it's a movie where. He's literally stuck in the same place for what four days?
1: 127 hours, Matt. <laughs> it right a great title. I'm
0: just saying. <laughs> All right. Well, that's it's over five days.
1: Then is it 73? is three days. Yeah. 24.
0: I'm not gonna let sit here while you do math, but th- it's over five days. It, so I don't know that it is. I yeah, think it it's is. maybe four and a half. 20. Multiply 24, Francesca.
1: I can't,
0: Matt. I know. That's why I didn't want to wait on you to do math. But the the Sexist, point the point away. is there's there couldn't have been that much that actually happened and that's what I thought going in. I think, well, this is gonna be really artsy. It's gonna be something like the the Matt Damon Casey Affleck experimental film oh. Jerry. That's what I was thinking when I first heard about this movie was no. was Jerry. Yeah, you except know. for
1: it's Danny Boyle who has made populist films. He's he's not much of a naval uh, kind
0: gay, of. I wouldn't call Train Spotting populist at all.
1: Well, no, but that's that's definitely his most you know out and left field thing he's ever of, made of
0: recent. Danny Boyle has made a lot more ex- accessible is the word I'm looking for. He's made a lot more accessible movies. I know you know what, recently. You know what
1: struck me watching this film? Like he clearly has sort of like a music video like hip yep, cut. That's where he comes from. You know uh, mentality, but the stories. Train spotting being the exception, but the movies I'm thinking of um, Millionaire, mil- Slumdog Millionaire, no, 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 millions? millions, millions, and Slumdog Millionaire, and this one, which I think are the only Danny Boyle films that I know, perhaps. Well, you've oh, 28 seen Twenty Eight days, days Later there's... too,
0: and you've seen Sunshine, although that's that's oh, that again, good. that's not very accessible, actually.
1: Yeah, but that no, well, no, I mean it's it's a little plotting, but it was it was good but it's kind of strange because other than like i said train spotting and yeah sunshine he tells pretty like straightforward and accessible stories but he tells them in a very stylized way and very stylized it's just funny because for as cool as he chooses to you know use a camera he's not really telling like cool stories like yeah. this one is a pretty straightforward you know narrative and you know, Slumdog Millionaire is like a warm, fuzzy, like you know, story. Like I mean, there obviously there's gritty elements to it, but for the most part, it's like a sweet love story. And Millions is about two kids who find a million dollars. Yeah, well, you know? I haven't seen, Millions, but, but uh, you haven't seen that.
0: No, I mean, look, and there, that's
1: even told with there is like elements of it. Like there's like suspenseful moments are shot like really suspenseful, like you know, like very high. Um, high drama but you know at the end of the day it's like a story about two young brothers who find money and what do they do with the money they found it's just kind of it doesn't it's sort of it's a there's a disconnect between how he makes films and the films that he's making which is fine i think it works well for him but it's just hard to pin down what his style is yeah well
0: danny boyle sometimes the style gets on my nerves particularly because i don't really get all of the style it's it's not my cup of tea style-wise. And so I kind of appreciate that it's restrained in this movie. Yeah, for for there's Barry something that he really wise. likes to do. There's something he really likes to do where he does this slow motion, but he's dropping frames. And so it's like what it looks like it's it's like slow motion from the early 80s. And I know he's doing it on purpose. It's just I, it's got a very low quality vibe to it. And you know, whatever, that's his choice. It's a thing he likes to do. And you know. and well, this film it works out because he plays with the colors sometimes. It, you know, it's just not really my cup of tea style-wise.
1: When he really starts to get into the quick cuts and the split yeah. screen and everything is when, you know, he's kind of losing it. So it works right. very well. It does. Yeah. You know, in that instance.
0: I think the most stylish part of the movie, the most the, where the style sticks out at you the most is we call it I I guess we could call it the the morning show segment or the talk show segment where
1: Oh, see, that He's see, that's didn't do visual styling, he no, just it's, added a laugh track. You're right, track.
0: it's audio that styling. That was more James
1: Franco going nuts.
0: But there's a laugh track, and that's, look, that's inserting style into the movie heavily. I mean, that's suddenly, it's not uber realistic at that point. I'm it's, curious
1: to know whether that, if he really did that on his, you know, last video on Earth, so to speak. I really didn't even know if there that. was really Oh, yeah, video. he really did make video. He did make video. Huh. But he, I don't, you know, it's kind of hard for me to imagine that someone would be that, like, you know, being that wry when they're you know about mm-hmm. to die, <laughs> but I well, mean, maybe so. Who knows?
0: I mean, when when I talk about accessibility, it's two things. Number one, it's that it makes he the his his reactions, and this is a lot of this is James Franco.
1: Yeah, it, it could in be the lifetime over. It could be overwrought. My life, I want James Franco to play me. It could be
0: overwrought, and it could be he could be really playing up the pain, and you know, I, I'm sure the fact is having having had very limited experience with pain and trauma and been around limited experience of it the for the most part pain is a part of it but it's not all consuming when you're in a situation like that and well I, and
1: also i mean to be fair his arm probably didn't really Yeah but hurt. even right
0: away the thing that i liked and 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 you know i won't go into specifics but there's like It doesn't matter man. No i'm just saying they you know I've been around somebody who's actually been stuck under <laughs> something and in pain. <laughs> no, we're not gonna say me. we're not gonna say who, but the uh I've been around somebody who got in a situation where they were stuck and they were in it was dangerous and, and you know that the, actually the immediate reaction that person had was I'm
1: telling you to come to down. not
0: to not be freaking out about the pain they were in, and they kind of looked at it. As they were trying to solve the problem. And I, I like that that was James... Don't, don't no, keep laughing. I know, it
1: makes me laugh that this is what this podcast I thought about. Into. I
0: thought about that incident when I was watching this movie. I'll
1: tell you what, listener, I didn't. Sorry.
0: I thought about that because because it's the only comparable situation I know of. But <laughs>
1: it's not very comparable,
0: though. No, but it is... There were like three people there and immediately... It's like I'm <laughs> somebody's stuck under something, so... A
1: car, we should say.
0: But, uh, a tire. It was stuck under a car, yeah. That's a big deal. So, anyways... The point being uh, that I, I, I think a lot of people, you give them that scene and they and they play up the pain angle. They play up the panic angle. And I like the way James Franco handled that first scene where he immediately realizes where he is and the situation he's in. And he actually kind of
1: he's exasperated. right? He
0: calms down and he kind of his eyes get really wide and he's kind of going, OK, what's going on here? And he's trying to take in the information and actually one of the first things he does after the sort of initial what you would do which is just push and pull is he opens his backpack and he takes out everything in his backpack because he goes okay i'm not going anywhere let me let me think about what i can do Mm -hmm. and he takes all of his stuff out and he starts thinking about it and I, i think that's i think that was a really interesting way for him to handle that
1: Well, I mean, and that's the thing. You know, it's interesting because by the end of the film, and he means it sort of in a you know, metaphysical way, he's like, you know, my whole life has been leading to this. Like, this rock was dropped here for me, for it to land on me kind of thing. But the other... I mean, the thing I kept thinking cynically and meanly as someone who likes me some indoors and air conditioning is, you know, like, it's kind of your own fault. If you go... I mean, if this is the life you choose to live, then, yeah, you can find yourself in that situation. I... Will never find myself pinned by a boulder in a canyon. Like I can, I can say that with utmost certainty because I will probably never be any closer to a canyon than like the viewpoint where you park your car and are like, "Hey, look, it's a canyon." Bye. Well, well,
0: that's true. But also, I think the point of it is that he actually probably the reason that and let's let's just talk about the character as opposed to the real Aaron Ralston, because I don't know the differences. I haven't read the book, so.
1: Well, I think the, they've stuck pretty in close. In the mind
0: of in the mind of that character in the movie, the reason that he made it through and he was able to do what he had to do is that he really was able to rather quickly, probably more quickly than the average person get past the poor me, why did this happen to me thing. Well,
1: that's why I didn't never finish saying in that thought is that Yeah, he, you know, being someone who knows that that is a possibility, you could probably never imagine that his hand was going to get caught. You do have, you know, the resources within your mind of what would I do in this situation kind of thing. But
0: I don't think it matters that he's an outdoorsman because I, and I don't think, I think that's just the particulars of his situation. But I think that, for instance, let's say there's some, like, whatever, you know, there's, you can't think of it right now because if you could, you'd avoid it, but... We all, no matter what our lifestyle is, mm-hmm. we all have the possibility that one day we could be in a situation we never anticipated and, sure. and have no idea how to get out of it. And the point is that you don't have to be an outdoorsy person who's stuck under a rock outside. It's that he, he was headed for that situation, for that conflict. His whole That's how he yes. chose to look at it is this was always going to happen to me this is my challenge to either submit to or overcome and I just have to do what I have to do or else I don't get to live the rest of my life. I don't get to go have the son that I'm imagining that I might have one day. Which
1: is where someone started getting a little weepy and it wasn't me. I got (laughs) weepy later.
0: (laughs) No, I thought that was a very interesting thing that thought to have run through his mind is well, especially that especially
1: cuz they sort of characterize him as not, you know, as a, you know, living life on his own kind of person, you know. Right. Not well, keeping... he thought
0: that that just represented to him all the promise of his life that he wouldn't get to have if he if he wasn't able to rise to that situation. And like I said, he really didn't ever, I mean, he was frustrated and he was dealing with some Sort of emotional hang ups, but I don't think this character ever really got the poor me's and thought you know and and spent a lot of time dwelling on why me of all people, because it just seemed like you you know and again it's only ninety minutes so but but they didn't dwell on that as something his character went through. They very quickly got him to a place where he thought where where he accepted what was happening, and I think that's more. That's kind of the interesting thing about the character is that he it, it, it wasn't in the end. It's not unbelievable that he would cut his arm off. It's because he completely is able to accept what's happening to him as inevitable and and as a a legitimate part of his story. You know, and so cutting his arm off just becomes. It's just that he it's just that he didn't realize that's where the story was going to go but he he doesn't ever refuse it he doesn't ever uh hesitate about it you know it's like once he realizes that that's where the, that's what it's got to be he doesn't he doesn't beat himself up over it too much i mean he gets right down to it and you know he knows yeah, that's what he's got to do <laughs> well and i mean look it is super bloody and uh i'm trying to think of what it really you know it's almost comedic in other movies there has been similar sort of uh, uh, special effects used for cutting off of limbs and stuff like that and you know that's basically the best you can do i guess but it's i mean it's gross there's the f- what what the grossest part about it is flappy skin
1: oh, cuz wow.
0: that's just so disgusting but i mean other than that it's really not they could have made it grosser for sure
1: well I think they just wanted to make it realistic. Not, yeah, I not think so grace. too. Yeah. Um, yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, so I, I mentioned I'll, that you, um, I mean, someone wept at the sight of a son, but I'll tell you what really got me was the end of the film when he's finally when it, basically when people are finally there and he's yelling help. That's that why I started cool, just yeah. weeping. And I know I know part of it it's was the relief. music cue because it was totally like the sweeping music that absolutely was meant to do that but like i didn't realize like how much i was longing for the struggle until then and then i'm just like weeping tears of now, gratitude for him you
0: really feel the joy and relief with him it's almost like sports movie type elation at the end because you're just like you've wanted him because
1: you know it, there is a while after he cuts off his arm that then he's still not out of the woods he just did this huge thing and he still might yeah. not e- even make it you, you just know. want
0: him to be back to his car you know you or you just want him to be okay at this point, and it's, it's just the, you know, you just celebrate, you really do celebrate with him, it's the, it's the, or uh, weep, just weep, it's it's, all over your face, it's, you know, that's just, I, I think you're right, I think you don't fully realize how much you're rooting for him until you get to the end, and you, and you start to feel such emotion from him succeeding, you know, you don't expect it to feel like a triumphant movie when the end result is the guy cut his own arm off. But it does feel really triumphant at the end.
1: Well, and just like seeing people and they were so like ready to help him. Yeah. I'm gonna start crying right now. I don't even know. <sighs> You're right there. All right, shut up. <laughs> but, what did you
0: think about the um What did you think about the stuff at the beginning with Well, first the girls? of all, I couldn't even
1: believe that like they considered all that a preamble. Like until his arm got caught. That's when the yeah. title came up. I was like, that what? Was, that was, it was an really interesting like 20, choice. 20 or 20 minutes probably into it. But um,
0: So, Kate Mara, by the way, is Rooney Mara's sister.
1: That's what I told you. Um, uh, yeah, we, uh, we and should And Amber Tamblin
0: showing up again in a good movie. Welcome back sure. to good movies, Amber Tamblin.
1: Whatever. Her dad is Russ Tamblin, Tom Thumb from the fantastic film of my childhood.
0: What is the fantastic film of your childhood? That's what I'm saying. Tom Thumb. It's called Tom Thumb? Yeah.
1: He plays Tom Thumb. He's tiny and he does gymnastics and on oversized sets. It's incredible.
0: Well, okay.
1: Okay. Uh, yeah, I like that Lizzie Kaplan got a credit to literally sit on a chair and look at a camera. Yeah. I should be so lucky.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm disappointed because I, I, I'm a Lizzie Kaplan fan. I thought she was going to get a little bit of at least a line maybe. I don't know.
1: Just a little blank stare. Nope, just
0: sat in a dress on a couch.
1: Boom. I do that all the time. Wait, I never wear dresses. <laughs> but if I wore dresses, I would be sitting on couches. Fact. Well. Let's talk about Frankie. James Frankie. Frankie?
0: James Franco? That's what I
1: call him sometimes. Yeah,
0: look, it was a really good performance. I, I think the... I think I think the, it
1: was a great performance. I think so, too. Yeah. he was so not yeah. the screen with anyone, and he kept you riveted.
0: I think it was... I think it's the... Definitely the best thing he's ever done. I think the best actor nomination is deserved and it it definitely is new. You know, I've been I've been really skeptical and wary of this James Franco thing of him doing all this silly stuff that you know I, I I'm I'm more like Oh it's silly. I, well it is. I mean I'm more likely to go, it's you silly. know what
1: Good for him. go go life. do
0: something really well and you know, well he did. Well, he has now. I I would have said he was an average actor before this, and wow. I'll say that he's a really good actor now. No. I look, I I've never thought that he was that. I mean, he's he's before this movie. I can't say that I've seen him do anything that was really that impressive.
1: He was good, milk.
0: Yeah, he was a very limited role in Milk, though.
1: Yeah, but James Franco to me has always had. Such presence. Like, even, you know, in Freaks and Geeks, where he was basically a comedic character, he's such a, just a joy to watch, and he can... It's just a bit one can, note. No, he can totally swing from being, you know, I mean, the, if he's nothing else... He's a squinty else, cool guy. The, the morning show scene shows you that he can be totally, you know, off the wall... But I'm saying I'm also on... be you know literally in a heartbeat go back to being a guy who's got his arm stuck in yeah. between a boulder and his you know wall and he's gonna die.
0: Well, look, I'm on board now. I'm just saying, I I don't think before this you could really point to anything and say James Franco is an Oscar caliber actor. This is this well, is I the movie that did it for him. I in what?
1: And you're a fart.
0: And you are a. F- I thought you said I loved him. In you're a fart. I was like, I haven't seen that one. No <laughs> best best picture nominee. I'm cool with that. Screenplay, adapted screenplay. I guess that would be. I'm um, cool with
1: that. Yeah, because that's. I mean, that's sort of it's an a, impossible movie to make, kind of thing. Well, it's
0: it's, it's sort very of coherent. Into the wild, except it's a for very. He it's a very coherent story, and every scene has a narrative purpose. It's there's very little in it that's just all flash and style and those moments that you get in some artsy movies where it's just you know images for the sake of images. There's not really a lot of that.
1: Well, because I mean, the images. Yeah, I mean, or what are sustaining him? You know, what's inspiring him?
0: Editing, editing nominee, which I'm cool with. I really liked the score a lot. And uh, A. R. Rahman, I think is how you say that. He, he, who won for Slumdog Millionaire a few years ago. Uh,
1: that was last year, wasn't
0: it? No, it was two years ago. Oh. Um,
1: well, I liked that choice of the the song. I guess it was his first morning after he got pinned.
0: hmm Oh, you're talking about the. Uh, the kind of 70s yeah. soul song. Yeah.
1: Oh, that was good. Since you have IODB pulled up. I there, I busted you up. Look at the, look at that. Um, that was
0: Dido at the end, by the way. I thought that was Enya, maybe. Yeah, I thought so, too, it's, it's Enya-lite. light.
1: is. Dido. Um, look at the poster for the movie. Yeah. It was totally a lie. That never happened. That is
0: an uber dramatic poster. Look at that. Yeah, he's sort of spanning a uh, gap between two rocks over a huge, giant cliff, and the rock that he's trapped under is, is right underneath him.
1: But he's not... Tra- That's, you're oh. right. It's not from the movie. Well, yeah. Oh, well.
0: Yeah, it's just a... It's just a dramatic image, I guess.
1: It is, but it is a lie. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for lying to me, poster. I was expecting a guy above a rock, not pinned by one.
0: No, I was surprisingly, and you've you can attest to this. I get really stressed out sometimes watching I mean, certain you were things cool as a cucumber. in movies. Well, they didn't really ever make you feel. Like I said, this movie's not. You couldn't watch ninety minutes that were completely about someone in pain, excruciating pain, nonstop. Well,
1: again, that has to do with his metal as a person.
0: Yeah, but but it's not. It doesn't focus on that, and I think that's part of what makes it so watchable. I'm somebody who gets uncomfortable with stuff like that. Black Swan was a lot more physically not talk about that there was a lot more physical discomfort for me watching black swan than there, there was, was a lot of watching for me <laughs> than there was watching this
1: well it, it, it did make a he sort of makes a passing reference to the fact that he is a, a rescue team person or something yeah. like volunteers for rescue so right i mean in addition to being an outdoorsy person who kind of in general if they're smart you know have that kind of know-how and, you know, stay calm in a stressful situation with limited, you know, resources. Mm -hmm. But, you know, he also, again, they made a point of him saying, like, don't lose it. Like, keep it together. Don't lose it. You know, that was clearly his mentality was, like, the worst thing that could happen is you panic and you lose your mind.
0: Right.
1: You know, and, you know, he kind of, I think, once he realized he couldn't move the rock, then he was sort of resigned to, you Mm -hmm. know well, I'm going to keep trying to move it. And, you know, they also referenced the fact that he was an engineer. So he, like, you know, rigged up this pulley thing and yeah. kind of, you know, figured out, like, well, this could work. And then immediately knew why it didn't work. You know, there's too much give on the rope and yeah. all this and that, you know. So he had a, his, you know, being both an outdoorsy person. It helps that he had all that information. And engineer, you know, it actually mentality makes, made him go, let me fix well, the problem. It
0: makes the audience less stressed to watching it because we've got him there to explain a lot of, information to us the, the, he literally runs us through all the scenarios and, and we're not all sitting there watching going well what if he did this what if he did this because he kind of clears it all up for us pretty quickly well
1: and like he's smart enough to know to ration his water from the get go. yeah you know but then which then I'm then glad becomes, by the way
0: I'm glad he only had to drink pee once I didn't want to watch multiple pee drinking scenes
1: oh that's nice um, I didn't watch that you didn't watch him was, drink the pee well it was too close to around when he started cutting things you know I guess Ugh. But, you know, um, that actually became an element of, you know, stress also was the, the Nalgene bottle. That's what I, I take a big Nalgene bottle to work every day. So Nalgene now whenever I get bottle? To the bottom, what is that? His, you know, that's the, the, the indestructible, like, hiker okay. bottles. So now whenever I get to the, near the bottom of it at work, I'm going to start having a panic attack. I'm like, oh, my God, <laughs> I've only got 150 milliliters left. Milliliters? Is that
0: what it is? <laughs> milliliters? Is that what he said? Yeah, I
1: think so. Right. Oh, gosh. So, this may just have to be a short one, Matt.
0: No, that's okay. I mean, look, it's, it's a 90-minute I mean, movie. There's not a lot about. going on. There's only one character, basically. Well, how about this? What did you think of the f- subplot with the French girlfriend?
1: Well, Fleur Delacour. Good to see you, Working girl. Glad that we didn't get any booby shots, because that would have ruined some Harry Potter for me, frankly. <laughs> we did get gratuitous James Franco nip shots.
0: It's going to ruin Harry Potter from, for you if any of the actors in it ever do a nude scene? Is that what you're saying? Yes. Yes. Well, no, not don't really. see Equus, then. Well,
1: right, whatever. That's on, that's on stage. It's different. <laughs> uh, but that was, I mean, it was just good to give him, you know, I mean, you. you, you know, you need something to sustain you. And, you know, he it made him both remember happy times and, you know, remember like, I, you know, I think there might have even been an element of like, I don't want her to be right. Like, you're going to end up alone. Yeah. You know? Kind yeah, of sure. Thing. But, uh, you know, I appreciate people with not perfect teeth being in films. And she has some rabbit <laughs> teeth, which I appreciate. I like her rabbit teeth. Well, and her she is. Face.
0: She is European, Francesca.
1: He was a pean too into a bag
0: a cable bag and
1: then he drank it
0: are you gonna make me end the podcast on a pee joke
1: I don't know Matt The choice is yours
0: yeah that's what's happening
1: don't cut it out right cut anyways it's an arm
0: thank you for that cut off thank you for listening to another episode of Cinder Matrimony and if you would like to find any of our previous episodes you can either find us on iTunes by searching for Film Nerds or you can go to filmnerds.com and uh, just look around. They're on there somewhere. No, just just uh, just go over to the blog and, and uh, pull up the... Don't look actually, me. I, don't, I don't ever... No, there's it. actually a channel on the blog. You can just click on it that says podcasts, and uh, it will list them all out for you. So, thank you for listening again. Thanks to Rob once again for providing us with Woo! the excellent new film nerds. Uh, or sin matrimony, rather, uh, theme music. We have some new film nerds theme music from Rob coming soon, it's too. It's incredible. So look forward to that, and uh, thanks for listening, everybody.